Welcome to this Grandma's Life podcast. I'm your host, Thesea Ellis. Get ready to laugh, learn, and grow with me as we explore growing old in an ever-changing world. Today is August 17, 2023, and this is episode 44, and I've named it, I've crashed, but I think I'm back at it. All right, farm happenings. First off, we've had 5.75 inches of rain since the last podcast, and then two or three nights ago, 4.75 of it was in one night. So that was that was quite a bit of a rain. In fact, if you watch my YouTube channel at all, you could see where I had done, uh, I had recorded the, the morning afterward and, and uh, you could see how wet it was. Um, we missed the grape harvest. I, I missed the grape harvest. I don't know. I missed it. We, we seldom get a grape harvest for several reasons. For one thing, we don't irrigate. And, uh, and, I, and I've told you guys this before, because we don't irrigate, a lot of times we have a wet, a really wet, mild spring. And well, the temperature does fluctuate quite a bit and stuff. But regardless, it goes suddenly from wet and mild to very hot. And uh, usually my grapes turn into little BBs before, well before they ever get um, mature and this year just before i left for florida they were actually starting you know starting to turn they were looking pretty good they were starting to turn and i had actually had them because we have had intermittent rain off and on through the summer and actually just only a couple of times where it's you know pretty pretty wicked hot so um that's i was expecting a grape harvest well i when i went to florida apparently they most of them got ripe while I was in Florida. And then when I got back, instead of me getting right back at it, that I didn't, I crashed like I was talking about, like what I'm saying on this, this particular podcast, I crashed. And then by the time I went out to actually harvest grapes, they were gone. I have a few here and there, but it's not worth all the effort to even go out there at all. It's just, it, it's, it was sad. It was irritating, honestly, because this, it, it may be two or three more years before we have a grape harvest again. You know, we used to have an irrigation system. We did it when we first uh, set it up, but let me see. I can, we have rows for 320 grapevines and um, there's 20 grapevines on each row. So it's a pretty, I mean, it takes up about a, not quite an acre, the lower half, uh, the the topsoil is not that good. So most of those, if they haven't survived, they're very anemic and they don't produce. So the, the top 10 rows is what we'll make. And uh, we had an irrigation system, but I really struggled with mowing. I, you know, trying to trying to mow around each grapevine and not hit the irrigation system and where we had it set up, it was on the ground. It was just, it was just a real, this, this vineyard has been a pain in the neck since the beginning. And, uh, I don't know, I guess if I had thought about it, well, it wasn't my project. I just helped. And so it's, I don't know. I really vacillate between ripping the whole thing out and doing something more with that land. But you know what? For one thing, we're on, we're on a 40-acre plot. We own 26 acres of it. There's enough room for a vineyard. And if we ever get a good crop, it'd be kind of cool to learn how to make some wine and have that for barter or gifts or whatever, you know. And so that I think that's part of what I was looking forward to this year was having grapes and, and doing a few things. It makes really good jelly because the sugar content in it is really high. But I missed it. Missed the missed the uh, harvest this year, and 
And I, I don't know. I won't say I'm heartbroken. I am irritated because, you know, I'm not the only one that lives on this property, but that's the way it goes, I guess. <laughs> All right. I finally got Daisy moved. Poor Daisy. She's been lonesome. I and mean, well, she was kind of lonesome anyway, because before we took Oscar to be processed, he, he really wasn't much company. I guess it was some company or something there, you know, and then after we took her to be processed, you know, she was in her paddock all by herself. And because we, uh, Oscar could not be moved. We kept them in that paddock much longer than what I usually do. So she was on bare dirt and mud or whatever, you know, and, and, uh, I don't know. I just felt bad for her. So I finally did get a new patch. You know how you, because our grass is tall, but I got a new patch mowed enough where I can get a perimeter fence up for her. And I got her moved. And sometimes you can see her in the tall grass. Actually, she's still starting to get the tall stuff beat down and eaten down and stuff. So you can, you can find her more readily, but for a couple of days, it, you know, you weren't quite sure where she was amongst all that, those weeds, but she is over there. And not only does she own uh, a new paddock with fr I say fresh grass, it's with grass. Um, she's much, much closer to waddles and her piglets. And uh, I, I think it's making her a little bit less lonesome. I'd like to be able to, I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't know if I can integrate her in with waddles because waddles still a little bit uh, protective, even though the, I think the pigs are like, piglets are like four months old now. I don't know, but so I don't know, but if nothing else, I would like to get the male pig piglet put over with her, the one that's intact. And yeah, he's way too young to uh, breed, but, but it would be companion for Daisy. And then when, whenever he is old enough, then he's, you know, that then that we can, it's a different lineage. And so it'd be okay for them to breed. So I don't know. I really, guys, I know I've stated this before, but I have a cat. I would really like to have someone take him off my hands. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, and I, I keep the bedroom door closed off a lot, but he snuck in before I could get it closed. And yeah. Okay. So um, I got Daisy moved. That's better. That's a better situation. Tom, one thing he has been doing, he has been, okay, taking care of the tomatoes and kind of taking care of the garden. Now, I mean, if you look at our videos, you go, well, I'm not sure anybody's taking care of that because it is way overgrown, but Hey, at least he's going out he's picking the tomatoes, he's picking the produce and he's bringing them in. And actually he's done. I helped him can once everything, every other time he's actually done the canning himself. So, Hey, if you're going to do something, I'll give you credit for it. And, uh, that'll be, that'll be good too. But, um, yeah, and we've got several quarts of tomatoes because I use them for tomato sauce. I make I don't I don't make tomato sauce and then can it. I like it canned and then I can do what I want to with it because I may want to do something else with it. I have different recipes. And so I've got some pints of tomato sauce and I got quarts of tomato sauce and excuse me. <laughs> and um so and we and we made two different batches of salsa. Uh, I did help him with one of the salsas, and uh, one one of them he roasted the onions and garlic and peppers, the jalapenos, and and the other one he just did for, just put them in it and we cooked it down with them in it, and uh, both of them turned out real good. So he's been doing a real good job with that. I'm very grateful and 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 happy with with the work he's done with the canning of the tomatoes. Um, Kenzie, um, 
my granddaughter that I'm most of you guys know that we have uh, I have a granddaughter she's 60 she's gonna be 17 soon oh my goodness how crazy is that she went to basketball camp earlier this summer and landed on her knee she didn't have knee pads on and she landed on her knee straight on and it was hurting her but she was able to recover from it pretty good most of the time and then last I think it was Thursday she was in practice. She says she woke up that morning and knee was aching and hurting and she didn't know what was wrong with it, but it was kind of giving her some problems anyway. And, uh, and I had to go down and, and she was going to go to work. That's what she was going to do. So I was going to pick up the other girl that lived with us. So Ken Kenzie could go straight to work. And I got there and I could tell something was not right. She was not looking good. And, and I'm asking her, are you all right? She goes, Oh, I just don't feel good. I'm thinking, well, it didn't look like that, you know, and then she gets around the corner and I'm oblivious. She didn't want to say it in front of other people. But she got around the corner and she just starts crying. And she is not a crier. She goes, my knee hurts and it hurts really bad. And uh, so we ended up taking her to a minor emergency clinic because that was what was available at five o'clock at four, you know, four thirty, five o'clock in the evening, without going to the emergency room because I didn't think she needed emergency room. But we went to a minor emergency clinic and they did an X-ray and they're going, oh yeah, it's bone on bone, it's bad, you know, and it was probably a. Uh, meniscus tear and stuff like that so that kind of kind of upset Kenzie it was kind of weird though because I know she was all sweaty from being out in the sun and running and everything and when we got to the minor emergency clinic she uh um was cold and we of course it's August so we didn't have blankets or anything like that and she got cold and cranky and she was cold and and found out later she was actually running a fever we don't know what was causing the fever we think it's just because honestly I think it's because she was hurting bad enough that it was causing kind of a shock or something I don't know because it only lasted for the for a couple hours the first night well longer than that for five or six hours the first night and then fever broke and she's been fine after that uh then we got into we have a really good orthopedic surgeon that's here in Claremore there in Claremore and uh, we were able to get in with him and we took the x-ray images to him and because we were expected to have to do an MRI seeing if she needed surgery what it was that we needed to do and she was hurting bad enough that I actually bought her a uh a, some crutches and I laugh because if you go to my on my Instagram page um I think it's Thesia Ellis uh, or at Thesia Ellis you could look and Kenzie was hurting and she was slow and she didn't want to be slow. So we got one of those kitty carts, you know, the kind where you can not, uh, where you can sit in it, but you're too big to actually be sitting in the top of the thing. So I got one of those carts at Walmart where Kenzie could sit in it and then she could actually stretch her leg out. I'd lifted up part of it so she could stretch her leg out. She can have her, her foot inside of the cart, but she was comfortable and we were going through Walmart <laughs> and it was fun. I enjoyed it. And, and uh, Kenzie took a picture of us doing that. And uh, so we, I got her some crutches and we picked up a couple other things that she needed for school while we were there. And, and uh, so she was on crutches for a couple of days. But the doctor says that she doesn't need crutches and she needs to just rest it and stuff, too. Well, she's still hurting some. And basically, I told her, I said, if you feel like you need crutches, walk on crutches. If you if you know, because when she comes home from school, she's tired, her her arms ache or something like that. So the next day she didn't wear crutches because the doctor told her not to. And she was in a lot of pain then stuff too. So I told her, use crutches when you need them. Don't when you don't, you know, give yourself a chance to rest. But he said that she does not need an MRI. He thinks that her kneecap is set high on her body, you know, on her knee. 
and uh, when she landed on it straight on, that she messed up that tendon, not messed it up, well, she injured that tendon, the patella tendon, and so uh, we've got some tape and stuff that we could put on it whenever she is cleared to go back to playing sports again, and oh, she she handles handled things really well. And I mean, she may have nodded when she got behind closed doors and stuff, but as, as a general rule, she showed up to work saying she couldn't work that night. We, we get, you know, she called in sick and then she brought a note, uh, like that, that night saying that she couldn't work for, uh, for a while. And then we went to, uh, the orthopedic doctor and told her to stay off of it for 10 days. So we took another one there for 10 days. And so basically she couldn't play sports and she couldn't do the job that she kind of really enjoys. And, and she found that all in, out in one day. She handled it well. Um, so, um, and they said they want her back. One, one, one of Kinsey's classmates or schoolmates said, yeah, that's, how, that's what I had when I hurt my knee. They didn't want me back. Well, I was in there with her when she took them the second note and they said, no, we want, we definitely want you back. And, and so she's, she's handling it pretty good. And, and you can tell she hurts. She, and you know how it is. Pain makes you tired and, and stuff, but she's ready to feel better. She's ready to get back into playing sports. I mean, emotionally, physically, she's not, her knees still bother her too much, but we're getting things ready so that whenever she is clear to play, she could probably play again, hopefully, but she does not need surgery. She does not need an MRI. She just needs to rest it and do physical therapy. And so they're going to send her to uh, some sessions of physical therapy. I'm not exactly sure why, unless it's something to rehab that tendon or something. I'm not sure, but we'll figure that out. So I don't know. I've, I've told you guys some, but I've been having some trouble for months. Um, I don't know, several, eight, 10 months ago, I would hurt my right Achilles tendon trying to do a, a special step on step aerobics. And I was, it was, I was icing it and taking care of it and, and uh, trying to deal with it for a while. And then finally went, it never went actually down to 100% down, but it, it went way down. I don't know what made my left Achilles tendon swell up, but it's swollen up real bad. And like, I can't wear my shoes. All I can wear is Crocs and things that are open in the, in the back. And so that's what I've been doing is, is uh, wearing Crocs. And I mean, I shove my foot into shoes whenever, um, whenever I want to go to the gym, but it's very painful. I'm back. <laughs> I got the cat out of here. But uh, so it, but it's been very, very painful, and I haven't been able to do anything with it. But so while I was have, there for Kinsey, having her knee checked out, I said, guys, do y'all take my insurance? Can I make an appointment, too? And they said, oh, yeah. And uh, so I went to see the doctor. I believe it was yesterday. And uh, they took x-rays of both of my feet. And... I tell you what, I'll be perfectly honest. I've been struggling with this for so long. And also my left knee is so swollen. And I think it's because I'm not walking right. And it could have been because when we were wrestling with, with uh, Oscar. But I don't remember hurting it whenever I was wrestling with Oscar. I just know that my left knee, which is my good knee. I had my right knee cleaned out way back in 2000. I had a, I had a meniscus tear and several torn ligaments in it. And uh, so... um. So my left knee has been very swollen, but I think it's because I'm not walking right. I don't know. Whatever it is, 
but and and this doctor kind of agreed that might be the possibility but they took x-rays and first thing he said is you used to have plantar fasciitis didn't you i went yeah how you know and he goes and you had it bad didn't you i went yeah real bad and i had no idea what he saw in the x-rays that indicated that i had plantar fasciitis because that is a swelling of the of the the fascia that's kind of attached to the heel and stuff like that it's below where my uh, achilles tendon issue was but yeah it was bad for years and years and years and uh, 10 years i struggled with plantar fasciitis and all the stuff that i had to do to get over that and he showed me the x-rays i've got some pretty big especially on my left foot i've got some pretty big bone spurs and this the knot on the back of my left foot is actually calcifying so he says, okay, this is what we're going to do. He put me on anti-inflammatories. He goes, and you need physical therapy too. He goes, and it's going to hurt because he's talking about some of the stuff that I'm going to have to do for physical therapy. And I thought, you know what? If it helps, I know it's going to hurt, but it's the way it goes. And and if I can get better, that's what I want to do. So we're trying to do the physical therapy where Kenzie and I have physical therapy at the same time. And our first appointment is together at the same time. So that's going to, that's going to be kind of cool. And it's in the same place. So we might as well do it. Oh, now it's my dog that's panting. Oh, because I've turned off the air conditioner. Because the air conditioner is loud. And uh, and you can see where my air is all blowing around. It's because I got a fan blowing on me. But I couldn't figure out what I was hearing. I thought, oh, my gosh, what is that cat into? And I can hear it from another room. But it's not what it is. It's my, my big dog panting behind me. So we're good to go. <laughs> I'm a little, I'm not trying to be distracted. I'm trying to focus and get this done. But when you have surrounded by animals, it kind of makes things a little bit interesting. So. I was pretty pleased with my doctor's appointment. I was kind of surprised that that he knew that I had plantar fasciitis, and uh, and so. But I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm, I'm not. I'm not looking forward to the physical therapy because I, he he told me it's going to hurt. It's like okay, you know, that's what it's going to be. So that's done. We'll have physical therapy together at least for a little while. See how that goes, and uh, maybe both of us can get back to what it, what it is that we like to do. Um, I had some layer chicks arrive yesterday. They're called Dominiques. And I had to buy some chicks. If you think about it, before I went to Florida, I had a whole incubator. It had like 30-something eggs in it that I was going to incubate and hatch my own chicks uh, so, so I could have layers for the next season. And uh, when I came back from Florida, the egg production had diminished so much that I didn't have enough eggs to, uh, to even uh serve my customers let alone save back three dozen for um hatching so i ended up ordering some dominics and and they looked an awful lot like barred rock but i didn't know what the difference was i was kind of curious so i started looking it up so this is kind of cool these are called dominiques um they are considered the oldest breed in the united states they were brought over here from europe in the 1750s and there's two different things about that they were originally called pilgrim fowl from the pilgrims who came probably from the England area. And they're the ones that claim that they're, so they were called pilgrim fowl, uh, fowl and were changed the name to Dominiques later on. But also they were called Dominiques or Dominickers because they probably came from the island Saint Dominique that was French. And uh, it's, a, it's a Saint Dominique Island and that's what is now Haiti. And uh, so that's how that changed from pilgrim fowl to uh, Dominiques or Dominickers. And uh, 
So that's how they got their name. But they're also, I was trying to figure out why they look so much like Bard Rock and why, why do we care? I mean, I mean, I'd care, but I just didn't understand why they named one of them Dominique's and the other one Bard Rock. But so I looked that up. And so Bard Rocks have like just one comb. It's like six up on top of his head and stuff. And uh, the Dominiques have a, what they call a rosebed comb. It's more of a cushion. And and uh, uh, so it's, yeah, it was a rosebed cushion comb. So they have a different combs. And the colors and patterns on a Bard Rock are more in con contrast. They're more of a stripe. They have a, uh, the colors are, are more in contrast to each other, while the Dominiques have a more subtle contrast. And their pattern is more staggered instead of, of more striped. So I thought, okay, that's kind of cool. But, um, oh, it, but it is kind of cool, too, because, you, you know, if you think about it, every time you order chicks, you go, yeah, 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 you told me you got, got females. And so far, I've had pretty good luck, but every once in a while, the male gets in there. But apparently, these are kind of like, um, they might be a sex link, for all I know. But she's, but this this article said that the spots on the head of a, because uh, they have a real cute little spot on their, on their forehead, and it says that. Uh, the female chick has a smaller and more concentrated spot, little white spot, while on the male, the spot is more uh, diffused and scattered. So I thought, okay, that makes it better too. Also, the legs on the females are the they are burnt orange or brownish, while the male legs are dark yellow and orange. So I looked it up. I thought, well, I think this is interesting. You might find it interesting too, especially since I've got barred rocks and I just didn't know what it, what the different things were. So that's that's what I got for farm happenings. My three things today. You, one of the things I did today was combine the ducks. Uh, I had 15 ducklings that I had uh, raised from, and there were two different batches. So I had one batch that I think I had five left from it. So they were older. And then I had did another hatch, and they were like a month younger. Younger. But they all kind of was raised. I put them together and all pretty much the same same size and stuff now. And they're old enough where you can, you know, they don't have the males don't have the curly tail, but you can tell by their quack. It's more of a rasp. And so, you know, that it's a male and the females are definitely quacking and stuff. So most of you can kind of tell there's one or two of them kind of at, sound funny. I think they're males when they squawk like that or whatever it is. But uh, they're old enough and they're big enough that I grab them in fact i i videoed it this morning and uh so uh that'll be one of video that's gonna be coming out here in the next day or two where i uh, i videoed where they uh where i put them in together i'm a little concerned about my one duckling that i think i think she's blind and uh she wants she wandered around with the rest of the ducklings well away from the rest of the ducklings because she can't find them she's quacking and quacking and one of my roosters was kind of harassing her for a few minutes uh when i got to watch him later he had lost interest in her but i i am worried about the one that's uh the one that's probably blind so hopefully everybody's getting settled in and everybody looked okay when i left him this morning oh i did lose one of them because i have a fishnet and i guess it had a hole in it and i didn't realize it and one of the ducks got out and slipped out the bottom and i went to go chase him down and he's he's in the tall weeds out there and hopefully when I go out and do chores tonight, he'll be back up where his old, uh, old pen was so that, uh, maybe I can catch him this time and put him in with everybody else and he'll, he'll be safe there. <clears throat> um, but I wanted to get, I needed to get them integrated with the, with the rest of the adult flocks anyway. But now since I have these little Dominique, uh, chicks, 
my brooder shed blew apart a few weeks ago, as you remember, and uh, I don't have a real good place to brood. 20, I think there's 28. They, I mean, I ordered 25, but they sent me 28 uh, little chicks. And uh, unless I can't count, so that's possible too. <laughs> but uh, I've got a bunch of chicks and they're in a smaller brooder right now and that's good, but uh, they're not going to last long in that brooder. And so I thought, well, what I can do is I can set up that uh, John Suskovich style chicken tractor that I use. I use it for all the time. I've got two of them and I use them for a lot of stuff. And uh, I can set it where they can't get out, you know, sneak out easily and, and stuff. And if I need to, I can put a, um, a run extension cord out and... Uh, make it where they have a heat lamp at night i know they don't need it in the daytime but they might who's the last couple of nights it's been in the 60s at night but i think this this next heat wave's coming through and it's only going to be down like in the 70s at night but still that they might want a heat lamp at night anyway so that's what i'm going to do here in the next few days is uh get the chicken tractor set up for the chicks and and uh they'll have more room and have more fun there out there anyway but uh, that'll be my brooder, I guess, until I can get them integrated with the with the adult flock a few months down the road. But I did get the butt ducks combined, all except for one, and that was one of my one thing, three things is combine the ducks. My uh, another one of my three things is record and post this podcast. Yesterday, my three things was to do the notes on. I had to finish doing the notes today because I do a lot. I, you know, I research the Dominiques. So I research a few things before I do it, and. I can't just sit down for two or three hours at a time to do something. I do basically my day is in 30 minute increments. And so I'm, you know, running to get things done for dinner, taking care of errands and doing laundry and coming through and trying to do something else, take care, run out, keep the cat out of trouble and stuff like that. So, uh, oh, and yesterday I had uh, a flat tire or the, and I, I had to sit in the tire place for like three hours waiting for, them to be able to get to me but they got to me and i don't have i don't have a hole in my tire anymore so today is record and post the podcast it was number two and then number three is menu and grocery list menu and grocery list for the week and i did get that done too so that's kind of odd i'm batting a thousand day i'm doing actually doing pretty good all right what i'm reading and this book is called the happiness advantage by sean acor and it was written in 2010 this is one of the books that we did whenever uh, I think, yeah, early on or a couple months ago for, uh, the level up, uh, meetings and do guys, and I'm getting, I'm going to get an affiliate link for that, uh, that level up. This is, we do a book of the month and then twice a month, there are several of us that get together and actually discuss what we've read, how we've implemented in our businesses and, and, uh, and I don't know, it's, it's really nice. It's very encouraging. Everybody's very encouraging to each other and stuff. So when I get the affiliate link for that, and I'll, I will start putting that in the show notes, show notes. So that if you want to uh, participate in that, it's, it's, it's cool. But so we're doing um, the happiness advantage by Sean Acor. And the first chapter is discovering the happiness advantage I'm on page 10. It says, if we study merrily what is average, we will remain merrily average. You know, not merrily like, woohoo, yeah, this is M-E-R-E-L-Y. So if we study merrily what is average, we will remain what is average. And I think I want to ask you, what are you studying? Are you studying anything? Are you reading anything? You need to. Even at my age, I thoroughly enjoy learning stuff. 
and uh, I and of all different varieties of things. And maybe I never use it. That doesn't make a difference. I'm still learning. I'm still enjoying it. And there is some, are some things that I'm learning so or using from what I'm learning. So um, I would ask you to read and, and learn stuff for me and into, implement it into your life. It gives you something to look forward to, if nothing else. Okay, in page 11, if all you strive for is diminishing the bad, you will only attain the average and you'll miss out entirely on the opportunity to exceed the average. So basically, if you just want things to just get better and get rid of the bad, that's all you're going to get. If you want things to get better, where only if you're focusing on get rid of the bad, like I'm focused on getting the pain out of my knee and stuff like that. Well, I'm focusing on getting the pain out of my knee and my feet, but I'm also focusing and trying to figure out how to make myself better physically, better emotionally, better mentally, and all that other stuff. And uh, so I'm striving for more. And uh, that's that's what the author is saying here. Uh, you can study gravity forever without learning how to fly is what the other one one of the things that he had said here okay what we spend our time and mental energy focus on focusing on can indeed become a reality uh, so i didn't have any comment for that one what we spend our time and mental energy focusing on can indeed become our reality and on page 15 this is we become more successful when we are happier and more positive. It turns out that our brains are literally hardwired to perform at their best, not when they're negative or even neutral, but when they are positive. So the way I had equated that too, you know, uh, is it's kind of like expecting the stove. You've heard, you've heard of that, you know, you'll say stove, heat me up, you know, or life, make me successful but you're not putting any wood in the in the stove you're not you're not lighting the fire you're not doing what it takes to make the stove work so it's kind of like expecting the, the stove to heat you without any fuel to it first get your mind right and you'll perform better that's basically what this is saying you know uh you can't be successful necessarily or it's really hard to anyway unless you are uh working to make yourself happier and work it, and then the success part will come after that. So that's just what that one chapter in uh, the happiness advantage is. I, it, it was every, every book we've been through has been really good, and I'm glad for that. What I'm listening to, there's two different books. One of them is by Amy Dingman, uh, D I N G M A N N, and uh, I love her stuff. She does she does fiction uh, under Shay Ray Stevens, and I love her fiction. But also, uh, I got to um, listen to an audio version of Get Shit Done, and uh, and I got to leave a review to it. I love it when she lets me do that. So I got to listen to Get Shit Done by Amy Dingman. And it's short. It was only like, I don't know, an hour and something minutes, and uh, which is good because she's, she's doing a series of books that are shorter. And I basically listened to it. She cuts to the chase. If you think about it. As much as I enjoy these books that I'm reading that tells you how to set the goals and how to work toward the goals, and how to get, you know, get your mind straight and stuff like that. You know, even one of them says, okay, make goals for physical, make goals for emotional, make goals for uh, business, make goals for this, that, and the other thing. And then you read the next book that says, focus on one thing. You're going, ah, how can I focus on one thing if I've got 10 things that I'm trying to focus on? So she cuts to the chase. 
she narrows it down on how to set goals, how to work toward those goals, how to, the, the mindset that you have toward getting toward those goals. And I really liked that book. And so, yeah, if you can get it on audiobook, I think it's available for everybody else now. It's called Get Shit Done, Amy Dingman. But I'm also listening to a lot. Okay. I know I'm weird. I'm still listening to, um, um, re-listening to, um, <laughs> my dog is so hot. It wants me to put the air conditioner back on. I'm re-listening to, um, Atlas Shrugged and, but that's like 64 hours. So I'm least, I listen to that two or three days a week. And then, but on another couple of days a week, I'm listening to other things like, and this is, this is a 10 X rule by Grant Cardone. That's a good book too. And he helps get your attitude right on a few things. So um, those are the two books I'm listening to. Well, I'm done with Get Shit Done. I've listened to her book twice now. Love it. Uh, gave her an excellent review. And then I'm now listening to the second round of get uh, the 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. Uh, the quote of the day. A man's life is what his thoughts make of it. Let me say uh, this is Marcus Aurelius. A man's life is what his thoughts make of it. Marcus Aurelius. And of course, I like to look him up, Marcus. And and golly, he was like two thousand years ago or more. Uh, he was born in AD twenty one twenty. Excuse me, AD one twenty one. Uh, and he was a Stoic philosopher. And if you listen to uh, some of the people that I deal with, you know they like to do Stoicism. And uh, he was one of the Sto Stoic philosophers. But he was also a Roman emperor from 161 to 180 AD. He married a woman named Faustina, and it, it married her in, in 145 AD. And together they have 14 children. I think it was two different sets of twins, but they have 14 children. But only one of them survived. Out of the 14 children, one survived. And so she grew up to become uh, Empress Lucilla. And that's pretty much all the information that I could that I was interested in, I guess. All right. My scripture of the day is Exodus 33, 14. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Um, this is from Exodus. Moses was tired from leading the Israelites through the wilderness and their constant complaining and the constant disobedience. And there's just, just constant discord. And he was going, he was going, God, if you don't go with me, I can't go. And so this was God's reply is the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And I was looking for scriptures for rest because I obviously had been needing some rest lately. So that wouldn't kind of fit. Okay, on my main subject, uh, while I was in Florida, my energy was pretty good while I was in Florida. I really feel like God kept a watch over me and <laughs> kept a watch over my tongue. Because any of you who have older parents know that parents can be a challenge. And I'm so struggling with this because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I inherited all of their stubbornness. I inherited so much from them. And I'm really praying as much as I want to have my independence, I pray that I don't become a hassle to people. Not that mom and dad were necessarily hassle to me, but they are, they are, they're having some problems. And, um, I don't know. Hassle is the wrong word, I guess, because that makes it sounds like they were inconvenient. It's not what it is. It, it, it's, it, they are they are a challenge though they're a challenge to themselves they're a challenge to others around them and uh you know neither one of them need to be driving and dad's still driving 
Um, neither one of them can walk very good. Dad get, falls. Dad's uh, mentally not there. Mom is mentally three quarters there, I guess, maybe. Uh, but she can't walk after she, you know, she lost her right side for the stroke. And then she broke her ankle, her right ankle, a couple of years ago, too, and had to have surgery. So she can't get around very good. I think the day that we're pretty sure that the day that dad was uh, got bad on me when he kept falling over and I thought he was dying. I really did. Well, I think he took mom's medicine along with his own and a lot of his blood pressure medicine and i think his blood pressure was so low that his breathing was real minimal i don't know so it, it was it was very stressful in that form i walked into it thinking dad was going to fall over two or three times a day and i was going to have to catch him and i actually only had to do that uh, in one incident that was great um it was stressful though to try to talk to mom about what she needs to think about for in the future um, there was just a lot of stressful things, you know, when dad disappeared last, you know, that, that one day I walked around the corner and I couldn't find him. And I don't know, there was a lot of stressful things with it. And plus, you know, the travel there, the, both of the flights there and back were delayed for, you know, two, two to three hours and stuff. And so they were just made, it was just long, but like I said, God kept me through it. I had pretty good in, uh, um, energy, while I was there, um, I didn't run into any real problems and stuff, but the stress caught up with me and uh, I couldn't even remember what my address was. I mean, like the numbers part, I, I was talking to my brother and, I, and he's going, okay, so what's your address? I'm going, there's a seven in it and there's a one. And I don't remember. And I, and he's looking at me like, what is wrong with you woman? But I think it was stress. I think I just couldn't remember what, what my address was because the stress was catching up to me and I was exhausted. I, I, I really thought that even that once I got done with mom and dad, I'd come home and I was going to be hit the floor running. I was going to get work done. And I, and I just didn't, um, I just crashed. Uh, I kept going out, you know, when I was going out and doing chores and there were birds running around everywhere, I, I was busting down in tears and, uh, I just, I just, I, any little thing made me cry. I had to take a nap every day for almost a week and didn't want to do that. I was really wanting to get back at it, you know, and I just, I just couldn't do it. And, uh, I would, uh, I'm still battling fatigue, but I think it's because I think mainly now is because of the pain in my knee and my feet. So I'm hoping that's what the deal is. I'm, but at least I'm not having to take naps every day. I feel like it some days though. I mean, some days I just say, you, you may want a nap, but you're not getting one today. But, uh, but I am finally getting back at it. I'm finally getting some work done. Like I finally got the ducklings where I want them. And, and I got some mowing done the other day. I've been to the gym. Um, not as often as I want, and I'm not certainly not working out as hard as I want, but at least I can go and I'm trying to get that done. So I think I'm back. I'm still having some memory and thought process uh, uh, issues too, but at least I'm healing. At least I've got some rest. At least I'm getting where I can get back into it. I didn't jump in like, you know, get, hit the floor running like I wanted to. I really had to crash. I really had to have some rest. And uh, I don't know if it's because just because of the stress or it's because I'm getting older, just a little bit of both. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell my story of the day. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't tell you this one, but, you know, that kind of tells you. I think I've mentioned 
that I have autistic tendencies. And some people go, oh, yeah, all of, everybody has autistic tendencies to an extent. I'm going, eh, maybe. But I do remember that I had some pretty significant autistic tendencies. I didn't know they were as bad as what mom had told me because I had told mom and I did, the, I, and I've told other people this too. About the time I was about 50, I was in a conversation with my mother and uh, I said, I've tried and tried and tried to fit in this world. And we're not talking about on a Christian level. I'm talking about just on a day to day. I never could figure out how to fit into the world. And, and I just, I can't figure out how to fit in. And honestly, that's part of a huge reason I stay out here uh, on the farm. I think the first two years I was out here, uh, I'd, I was just getting away from people because I didn't, I didn't know how to function around people. And I had told mom when I was about 50 that uh, I really can't figure out how to function around people. I can't fit in. And that's when she says to me, oh, well, I didn't want to tell you this. And I didn't want you to grow up with this, but you had autistic tendencies. And I thought, oh, my gosh. And it was so eye opening at the time. And we didn't go into depth about what the autistic tendencies were. But I do know what like I, I knew I had some once I thought about it. You know, when I get really upset, I bang the head, of the, hang my head on the wall. I, I will put fist pound my thighs on occasionally. Not so much anymore. But, you know, in different colors and stuff like that kind of affect me. Uh, I count which toilet. I don't know when you're in a place that has more than one toilet, I count and I, and I have certain days that have certain toilet stalls or whatever. So yeah, I know I've had some, some autistic tendencies. Well, we got into a little bit more in depth while I was in Florida and I had told mom, I said, well, you know, we had that conversation 11 years ago. And I said, when you told me that I was autistic, I said, that was really freeing to me. And I said, I knew then I was never going to fit. I was never going to fit. And that was fine. I'm just going to embrace the fact that I'm never going to fit. And I got, and I'm going to be me. And that's what I did. I started being me and I really liked it. Well, what she told me on this most recent trip when I was in Florida, she goes, well, yeah, cause you really did have a uh, really bad symptoms of autism. She goes, you rocked, you smacked your head on the wall. Uh, she told me two or three things. And then she told me, she goes, but every time you did one, then we beat you, we beat it out of you. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh. <laughs> so apparently every time I rocked uh, when I was sitting down, they, they beat me. If I smacked my head on the wall, they beat me. If, uh, and it, they didn't do it in meanness. I think that's the only way they knew what to do. And I knew I got, I, you got to know. <sighs> I got a lot of bustings growing up uh, with my personality uh, clashing with their personality, which actually was very much like their personality. I'm very stubborn. They're very stubborn. Um, they're not mean people. They didn't have good upbringing with themselves. And um, they, uh, they um, did the best they could with me, but I just, I didn't realize that they beat the autism out of me, but I mean, they didn't beat me up bad or anything, but that's what she told me. That's what they beat the autism out of me. So that was my story of the day. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of a trip. So my question of the day for you is what are some situations you have been in that took you a while to recover from? Uh, Cause we've all been through stressful stuff. We've all been through things that have, have kind of set us back a little bit. And I'd like to hear what some of them are. You can email me at theseaellis at gmail.com. And I would love to hear about what you have to say. 
All right. Uh, I want to talk to you about the fold card. I've talked to you about this before. My fold card, and I'm sorry, they're doing a lot of digital currency and stuff anyway. Most everything you pay for is with the digital currency. The only thing is a fold card is with Bitcoin. It is a, um, and if you want to do other currencies, you can too, I believe. But this one is a prepaid debit card. So every time you make a, purchase with this debit card you earn what they call satoshis so it does help you build up your uh your bitcoin without any extra money to you so when you when you buy something you earn some satoshis and of course you can fund it out of, out of yourself and stuff if you want to too um i don't think i have i think i did an initial i mean i put money into it to um do the uh so I can spend it, but as far as actually spending money uh, on buying Bitcoin, I don't. And with I don't, I think I've got six hundred thousand satoshis or something like that. It ends up being on average right now about two hundred dollars, and that's just extra two hundred dollars that I have made or accrued in uh, Bitcoin just by using the, this fold card. You can you can set it for you can pay your bills with it. You can and I and I don't. I probably should, but right now I just. I just use it for when I buy groceries and and did uh, just different things. You fund it. You go you go about your day and, and buy stuff, and it, you earn satoshis with it. So uh, if you if that's something that you want to even consider, that's a good way to get started with Bitcoin. Um, to do the fold card, that you actually get a and it's a beautiful black card with gold lettering. It's it's nice looking. It's very handsome. And uh, it's a good way to get started, and it doesn't cost you anything. But if you'll go down to the link below and uh, sign up through that link below, it'll, it'll help me out. And like I said, it doesn't cost you anything more. But that's for the far, uh, fold card. I would appreciate it if you would give me a five-star review or any review. If, if, when you give somebody a review, it helps people find them. And I would appreciate it if I could be found. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, well, I mean, you, put, you put work in and stuff and you want you want people to listen and, and follow what you're doing and stuff. So if you give me a review, I'd certainly appreciate it. Uh, I'm doing a lot more TikToks and stuff. Um, I do on Instagram and TikTok. I'm on different variations of uh, Thesia Ellis. I'm, I'm on TikTok. I do. I try if there's something on the farm, I put something on it because you know, like when my piglets were first born, I had little TikToks all over the place. But I also do on Instagram and TikTok and on Facebook Reels. I'm putting out a, a, a quote of the day or a scripture of the day or something like that. Uh, my website is grandmashomestead.farm. Um, my main channel is Grandma's Homestead. Um, I do also have a Farm Animal Life YouTube channel. And I can be found, like I said, on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, MeWe, Twitter, Rumble, all under variations of Thesia Ellis. All right, guys, that's all I got for you today. Um, I'm, I think I'm back at it. I'm feeling better. I'm getting there anyway. And I just kind of wanted to share a little bit of that with you. All right, guys. Remember, especially as we get closer to, uh, well, I mean, I'm, okay, that, I'm going to say that wrong. As I'm considering what's going on with mom and dad and stuff, that, that they're getting to the end of their life, live until you die. God bless, guys. See you next time. Are you wanting out?